Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. I wonder if there's a few people in the house that can give Jesus some unadulterated, undignified praise right now. (laughs) Come on, that would be okay if that was for me. But I said for Jesus Christ, is there anybody who believes he's still healing, still delivering, still setting the captives free? Come on, Michigan. Are the dead bones rising here in Michigan? Somebody. Oh, you might as well just stay on your feet for a second longer because I feel a hunger in this room. I also, I'm going to have to take my glasses off for this one. I'll tell you what, I can feel the hunger. And I will tell you this, you are not putting a demand on Mike Signorelli. But I believe if you've come, even if it's just to touch the hem of his garment, I'm telling you, there are people that will make a withdrawal. There will be a transaction that happens in the spiritual realm. And you will know that no human hand did this thing. Some of you showed up tonight. And I'm telling you, the emphasis is on Jesus because there are many people who seek us out saying, I need a healing. And I say, okay, but let's not be like the nine lepers who never came back. Let's be like the one who said, I want Jesus, the healer. But I will tell you this. I believe that we will experience healings here tonight. I I tell you, apparently deliverance started before the service. If the world can get our young people involved in the occult, then the righteousness of God can pull them out of the clutches of hell and tell them, not with my baby, you can't have my children. We are not giving our kids up to the devil. We're taking them back. If witches and warlocks can go viral, then prophets can go viral too. Oh, I'm feeling ornery tonight. I heard that we've got some core sisters here and Jenny Weaver's crew. We got Matt Jones here. We got his crew. We got amazing church people here. Who else? We got V1 church people here. We got Resurrection Life church people here. Come on. I just want to honor Pastor Dwayne Vanderklok. We had such an incredible morning this morning, and he is the father of this house, along with his wife, Jeannie, who's the mother of this house, and we are here because of their yes, and I am so thankful for their yes. We had people that stood in line after the first service to meet me who said we came from three hours away, two hours away, one hour away, and I just want to tell you, it's always worth it. Not not necessarily to hear a sermon, but to make a withdrawal from the anointing. See, sometimes what happens, because I know there's many people who drove, it's actually what, it wasn't the drive that that changed things. It was what happened in you during the drive. 
because an expectation begins to build up. See, what you're feeling in your stomach right now is deep calls to deep. There's something in your spirit that's awakening under the sound of my voice because you're saying, these are the days people prayed for. These are the days that people fasted for. Some of you are living in your grandmother's prayer right now and don't even realize it. They said, there's gonna come a day and you are in that day right now. Does anybody believe that revival still happens? Come on, just high five a few people and just tell them it's happening right now. And you can go ahead and try to find your seat. <laughs> oh, it's going to be like that. I can see everybody's heavily caffeinated and you took a nap in between church. <laughs> well, hey, I just wanted to get some of that out of the way to start because I, I had um, really sought the Lord about this message, which is different than the message from this morning. I want to encourage you, make sure you hit up Resurrection Life's YouTube channel, watch the morning services because it was a really profoundly impactful message. But I was seeking the Lord and it, my daughter, Bella, who you know was so gracious enough to let me make fun of her in my sermon this morning. So shout out, Bella. You will drive a car, girl. You will drive a car. And so I told her which sermon I was going to preach. And she was like, I was going to tell you that's the one you have to preach. And I said, come on, prophet, arise. But this message is going to be very important in the history of your life. I do not believe in divine appointments. I believe that you are supposed to be here to hear this. I believe that this is going, some of you have been praying, God, what's next? Some of you have read Genesis to Revelation. Some of you have been warm in pews in the local church for decades. And you've been saying, God, what's next? I'm about to answer that question prophetically tonight. We're going to talk about what's next. Because I believe that if you can't tell, there is a palpable hunger and a desire. And see, whenever there's a desire, how many of you know that Satan will come and pervert it and distort it and actually try to fulfill it unrighteously? Wasn't it the devil that actually brought Jesus to the mountaintop and said, hey, I can give you all this? And so what happens in times like this is the enemy starts to mount his attack. And he says, how can I give people something that seems like it's the real thing, but it's actually a counterfeit? But see, this is the good news because whenever the enemy's offering counterfeits, oh, come on, somebody, whenever there is the prophets of Baal, there is going to be an Elijah who says, let's call down fire and see whose God answers. And I'm here to call down fire tonight because God is still answering. And if you're a prophet of Baal, I'm sorry. You got time to repent before the service is over. <laughs> Whenever there's the fake, God's going to be doing the real thing. And so there's got to be this urgency on the inside of you. And I want to I want to stir that urgency. As a matter of fact, the entire book of Second Peter is about the urgency. And no, I'm not saying Jesus is coming back tonight, although that would be awesome. <laughs> All the single people said, no, 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 no. I rebuked that. Not tonight. <laughs> but 
what I am saying is that there has to be this urgency, and I'm here as an irritator and an agitator tonight. I'm here to stir you up. I'm here to fan the flame. Some of you, you just have the smoke coming off of the embers of a revival that happened in your life in 2012, and I'm here to breathe on those embers and see if I can get it to reignite. Some of you have been in such a dry season, and I'm here to just, come on, ignite something in you. But there's got to be an urgency. Let me just tell you, I live in New York City, and I hate moving. I hate moving. Moving triggers me. All the trauma in my past, we had to move all the time. And so my wife will tell you, um, I don't like to move. But I remember uh, one day I was in prayer and the Lord spoke to me and he said, Mike, you have to move apartments now. You have to move now. So I go to my wife, Julie, and I said, Julie, we have to move. And Julie's like, what? you never talk like that. And I said, yeah, but there's something stirring in me. I feel like we have to move. And so um, we were on this trip actually to Jamaica to do a mass deliverance. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of demons in Jamaica. That's a whole nother story. They have some rare breed of uh, witchcraft called Obia going down there. And so in the midst of our Jamaican trip, I'm hitting up all these people for apartments in New York City. And finally, I get an apartment. We move. I kid you not, the day after we move, our previous apartment goes up in flames and completely burns down. Now, this is a building, and the only apartment that completely burned down was ours. Somebody say the word urgency. I'm so glad I listened. Heaven forbid my children overwhelmed with smoke inhalation don't make it out of the apartment. Heaven forbid I didn't listen to the message of the Holy Spirit for urgency. It was for the saving of not just my life, but my family as well. So I'm here to tell you, warning, it's time to move. It's time to move from mediocrity into the destiny that God has for you. It's time to move from criticism and carnality into the spiritual supernatural dimension. It's time to move from a religious spirit and the traditions of men into what God has called you to do. It's here. It's time to move. Somebody shout, it's time to move. Yes. The Bible says that Abraham and Sarah went into another direction. They went into a land that they knew not because they were people of faith. They knew when it was time to move. And if, listen, I love what God did a few years ago. I love what he did 10 years ago, but God is doing something new right now. And he chose you. That's why you look at the generals of old that are passing, and yet you're still here. There's a baton that is supposed to actually slip into your hand if you'll embrace it. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the harvest is vast, but the laborers are few. I remember, you know how I got into full-time ministry? I read that verse, closed my Bible, and said, God, if this verse is true, in any other industry, if there's more work than workers, the workers who do sign up get overtime. Some blue-collar people know what I'm talking about. I said, God, I, if this is true, that the harvest is vast, but the laborers are few, sign me up for overtime. And within the year, I was in full-time ministry. Now, some of you have to be full-time entrepreneurs. Some of you, the ministry is the classroom where you're a teacher. Some of you, the ministry is your home as you're stewarding your children's life. I don't know what it is, but all I know is there is an urgency to move into what God has called you to. You know, I was looking at some numbers recently. Less than half of American adults pray daily, and church membership continues to decline 
And as a matter of fact, the ranks of the religiously unaffiliated are increasing. So you have a decrease of people who identify as Christians and an increase of people who don't. And actually what happens is it says that uh, according to the National Public Opinion Reference Survey, survey this is Pew Research Center, 45% of U.S. adults say that they pray daily compared to almost 60% who said the same thing in 2007. That is a 20% decrease in the U.S. adults that say that they pray. People have stopped praying. And I don't think it's strange that anxiety is increasing as prayer is decreasing. I don't. Oh, come on. I wish somebody heard me preaching on this Sunday night. I don't think it's strange that depression and suicide is increasing as prayer is decreasing. Come on. If my people who were called by my name will humble themselves, will seek my face and will pray, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. It is time for a prayer movement in America. We've got good preaching. You can go on YouTube and watch a catalog to last a lifetime. But we need to pray. We need to pray. Oh, I feel God all over this one. Even though Christians are still the largest religious group in the U.S., they now only make up 63% of the adult population. In 2007, it was almost 80%. Something is changing, but there's a remnant there's a group of people who said, you know, when, he's, when, when, he, when, he, when Jesus looked at his followers and said, are you going to leave too? And they said, where else are we going to go? There's, there's a group of people who are saying, yes, I know churches have failed. I know pastors and leaders have failed. I know that it's not always pretty, but where else am I going to go? I've had an encounter with the resurrected Jesus, and I know the truth, and I'm going to stay committed to the bride. I'm going to stay committed to the bridegroom groom. There is a remnant rising. Some would call it Gideon's army. It may look like the church is shrinking. Maybe we're shrinking down to the real ones right now. (laughs) Maybe we're shrinking down to the real ones who know how to pray. Some of you come from a lineage of people who knew how to pray. I want to read this passage from Matthew chapter 25, and we're going to look at just about 12 verses. Now, these are very common scriptures, and this is a very common story, but I'm going to give you a fresh revelation. And no, we are not going to get into the eschatological. So this is not a sermon about the end of the age, but this is a sermon about urgency. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto 10 virgins, Matthew 25 which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were fools. Fools. <laughs> yeah, the Bible calls them fools. And they were foolish that took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, somebody say at midnight. Come on, this says, there was a cry made, behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and they trimmed their lamps and the foolish said unto the wise, give us your oil for our lamps have gone out. Somebody look at their neighbor next to him and say, get your own oil. (laughs) Come on, look at the neighbor on the other side that you ignored just now and say, get your own oil too. 
<laughs> Time is up for borrowing other people's oil. <laughs> Some of you came here hoping you can get my oil. Get your own oil. You got to learn how to get your own oil. We got Christians that want to subscribe to channels and they want to scroll and get 59 second sermons to steal somebody else's oil. But somebody here is going to learn how to buy your own oil. Oh, you know what's better than getting my oil? Learning how to buy your own. Oh, some of the saints in the house know what I'm talking about, but I may be preaching too deep for some folks. There's five virgins that are wise and five that are fools. The question in this era is, are you wise or are you a fool? Now, I'm going to break this down a little bit. But the wise answer is saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with them to the marriage, and the door was shut. It was midnight when this happened. It was midnight. Things are growing darker in the earth right now. I mean, it's, it's increasing in the earth. You can feel it. I couldn't even see the sun in New York City a couple days ago. Apparently, it was Canadian wildfires. At least that's what the news says. We don't know. But we, what we do know is things are getting darker. And it's increasing. I mean, you're, every single one of your children have these digital portals that open up. Literally, the bowels of hell gives them access to stuff. I don't know if you guys remember, because I'm kind of old school. Back in the day in the 90s, we had this place called Blockbuster, where you would actually go get physical cons- I like how some people are clapping more for Blockbuster than Jesus. The Lord rebuke you. <laughs> We had cassette, there was a physical medium and you had to go. And then the section where you watch pornography had a curtain and you had to show an ID to walk past that curtain. And if you walk past that curtain, you were a creep. And the weird people walk past that curtain. And then they digitized the curtain. And everybody walks past the curtain. And people tell me, why, why is everything a demon? Well, I don't think everything's a demon. I think we need to teach the church how to crucify the flesh. But I do think that in this times that we're living, a lot of what we are doing are opening up doors we didn't open up in the 90s. And so there's a need for freedom like never before. I know that in this room right now, there's drugs, paraphernalia. I know right now that there are vapes in this room because they're counterfeit comforts. And what happens is this, and this is the reason why there's cannabis on every block here in Michigan now, because people are seeking counterfeit comforts. And they're saying, how am I going to make it through the day? I've removed God and I'm trying to replace with a counterfeit comfort. Isn't it strange that when Jesus foretold the coming of the Holy Spirit, he said, I will send you one, the comforter. And it's in these substances that many of you in this room that have them in your purse, have them in your pocket, are seeking comfort outside of the Holy Spirit. And see, what I love about the gospel is the gospel does not remove, the gospel removes and replaces. Oh, I'm getting ready to preach. 
See, religion removes. Religion says don't have sex. The religion says don't drink, don't smoke. And guess what? Relationship with Jesus Christ says righteously fulfill your sex life through the covenant of marriage between a man and a woman, and you will experience the blessing and the favor of God, and that will blow your mind. And you don't have to go past a digital curtain when the curtain was torn so that you could come into the Holy of Holies. Somebody shout. Amen. Somebody tonight's going to get high with the most high. <laughs> the Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places. It's time to ascend up into the authority that he did. Isn't it funny that they want to get high? There's no high like being seated in heavenly places. Come on, Michigan. Am I agitating you yet? Am I irritating you enough? You should be waging an outright war against this stuff. Matter of fact, the Lord told me I was in prayer and he said, Mike, you are going to help them protect the legacies that I've used to build in their life. Because many of you have devoted your life to building godly heritages and the enemy is not going to rob you and your children and your children's children of the godly heritage that you have said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When the spirit of death passed by, you're going to have to acknowledge the blood of the lamb and keep on walking, devil, not this house. There's five wise and there's five unwise. And I want to break this down again. We're not talking about the eschatological. When it talks about the door being shut, we don't know if that's tonight or we don't know if that's 20 years from now. But the point of this parable is to help you to understand the importance of buying oil. And the reason why I'm here to preach this message is because the difference between the wise and the unwise was only how much oil they had. So they all had lampstands. They all had oil. But these had more oil. See, the difference is in how much you have now. Oh, I'm going there tonight because we're going to learn how to buy oil as a church tonight. They all had worship songs. We, oh, we all love Elevation Worship. We all love Hillsong. We sang it. We all love Bethel. Oh, yeah, we love Bethel too. High five. The only difference is the wise have more oil. It, we don't have different songs. We don't have better songs. We got the same songs, but there's somebody worshiping, and there's more oil. See, this, we have to learn how to buy oil in this time. Afterward, they came, the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, verily, I say unto you, I know you not. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the, the Son of Man comes. And all lamps had oil, but some had more. Tonight, we are going to get more oil, more oil, more oil, more oil, more oil. More oil. See, there, there's this 
Matter of fact, five and five is 10. Minyan and 10 was the minimum number of people to constitute a congregation in the, these Jewish first century times. And so I don't know for sure whether or not he was talking about the church, but I think it's pretty plain to see that this is a message not to the world, but to the church. I had a feeling that the church was going to show up tonight for Sunday night service. And my message to the church is we have to be wise in this hour to learn how to buy more oil. Okay, can I go a little bit deeper? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, who? Remember, religion tells you what not to do. But see, God is not trying to take anything from you. He's trying to replace. So it says, no, no, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Wait a minute, Pastor Mike. Be filled with the Spirit. I thought upon the moment of salvation, our spirit is regenerated, and the Holy Spirit comes to live in our spirit. So how could we have more of something that we already have? Did you ever think about this scripture? Oh, all the, all the former alcoholics know exactly how this works. Oh, you, you take a drink and there's having some alcohol. Then there's having more alcohol. Then there's having more alcohol. See, there's something about when people get physically drunk on alcohol, they understand the concept of you could be drunk and then you could be real drunk. And so I say some of you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit as a result of salvation, but what you need is more of the Holy Spirit. That's why John said, I decrease so that you can increase. There's got to be a decrease that creates more capacity that say, Holy Spirit, I want to drink more. Is there somebody who wants to drink with me tonight? (laughs) Oh, come on, Michigan. Don't act like you used to not party back in the day. This is the Holy Ghost party that never stopped. Is there somebody who wants to drink with me tonight? Let's show somebody what it's really about. How attractive is it to the world if they come in here and we're, woe is me. No, I want them to come up here and say, man, that's amazing. Let me leave the wine for the new wine of the Holy Spirit. Don't you love that it's called the new wine? (laughs) See, it's not the absence of wine. It's which wine are you drinking? It's the new wine, which he says, instead, be filled with the spirit. Oh, you know what I love about being drunk in the spirit? I said it. (laughs) As people tell me, I can't evangelize on the job. We'll start drinking on the job. People tell me, I can't tell my friends about Jesus. Well, you're not drunk enough. People tell me, I can't pray for sick people. Well, you're not, don't hear me wrong because I'm using a little bit of verbal gymnastics right now. I'm not talking about physical wine. I'm talking about when you come up. Don't they say I'm under the, you're driving under the influence. What would happen if you came up under the influence of the Holy Spirit? Oh, you used to blame it on the alcohol. Why don't you start operating in boldness and blame it on the Holy Ghost and say, I don't know what happened.
me. I couldn't help but to tell them about Jesus. I'm intoxicated by his spirit. I don't even know what I did. Some of you in the world woke up. I don't even remember what happened. I wish you'd have a Holy Spirit amnesia and start doing the work of the ministry. I can't believe I prayed for that person at the Barnes and Noble. I can't believe I laid my hands on that person. I can't, I don't know. I must be intoxicated and under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter one, verse eight says, after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to be my witnesses. Oh, there's something about the Holy Spirit. Y'all don't believe me when I say I used to be introverted. Look what the Holy Ghost did to me. I used to be afraid of people, but I exchanged. Remember, it's an exchange. I had to exchange the fear of man for the fear of God. I don't preach because I stop being afraid of your faces. It's because I fear the one who called me more than I fear you. I don't care if you like me. I want him to know me, and I'd rather care what he thinks of me because on judgment day, ain't none of you are going to help me out. People say, how could you preach this bold in New York City? I'll tell you, because my judge is not the mayor of New York City. My judge is Jesus Christ, and I've got to be pleasing unto my father. People telling me all the time, well, we got a new way of thinking. I'm like, your new way of thinking's got you severely depressed and in trouble. I think we need something old instead of something new, new. Something 2,000 years old. Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. So watch this. There's a parallelism happening in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. This parallelism is helping to unlock what this scripture means. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. So what's the opposite of debauchery? Well, that's what happens when you get drunk on the Holy Spirit. So if, if you get drunk on wine and it destroys your life, being intoxicated by the Holy Spirit will build it up. Okay, I got to move on. I'm almost done. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18. Now this, I'm talking to all my cessationist brothers, all my, my, my struggling Baptists who are here like, Lord, what did I get? I said, this guy just screamed, I'm scared. I'm talking to some of you who are like, man, I came in here a Presbyterian. I don't even know what I'm doing. I could get in trouble if somebody takes my picture here tonight. I'm keeping it real. My default mode is reading a book in a dark corner all by myself. So if you're weirded out by loud music and screaming, so am I. But you do some weird things when you're drunk under the Holy Ghost. And so um, this is the Apostle Paul. The same Apostle, the cessationist quote. This is the Apostle Paul. Paul said... I'm just going to read it to you. Literally, this is what he says. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18. I thank God, comma, I speak with tongues more than ye all. Some of you thought I was being Texan. Ye all. This is what it says. I thank God that I speak with tongues more than you all. So this is, so watch, watch. There's drinking alcohol. 
And then there's drinking so much you get drunk. There's being filled with the spirit through salvation and then the indwelling. But then there's being filled with more of the spirit. And then watch this. There is speaking in tongues. But then according to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 18, there is, I thank God, I speak in tongues more than all of y'all. Oh, I'll tell you, you know how I know the things of the spirit are real? Because in New York City, we got people who've never seen Pentecostalism. Never seen charismania on the Christian television. Never, they, don't, they don't even know what it is. And I lay hands. Oh, man, it makes me want to cry. I lay hands on them. And the same Holy Spirit that was there when Peter stood up in Acts chapter 2 begins to fall upon them. And I watch them begin to speak in tongues. And when it's over, they say, Pastor Mike, what happened? And I tell them the Bible is not the story of what happened. The Bible is the story of what always happens. They were speaking in tongues back then. And we're speaking in tongues today to glorify the one who is given the gift and this is a sign to unbelievers I'm telling you there's something it messes me up to see the Holy Spirit in the wild (laughs) without the pre-programming of Pentecostalism guess what it still happens what do you say to that there ain't nothing you can say except for sign me up because see when you speak in tongues it builds you up It strengthens you. It fortifies you. Listen, I don't even know how y'all go to Walmart without speaking in tongues around here. I don't know how you survive because see, when you speak in tongues, matter of fact, there was a comprehensive scientific study. You can watch the video on YouTube that actually showed the language centers of the brain that process the known language of the person shut down and another center of the brain received a large influx of blood that we still don't know what that part of the brain does. So there's something happening mysteriously. It's working in conjunction with our mortal bodies as the eternal part of us, which is our spirit, begins to be activated by the Holy Spirit. And I'm here to encourage you like the Apostle Paul. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. If it's been a while since you spoke in tongues, speak in tongues again. Speak in t- It doesn't have to be a one-time occurrence. It can be a daily momentary. I'm telling you, I go on my daily run through the streets of New York City speaking in tongues and demons manifest. I've had people tell me, stop praying like that while I walk by. And I'm like, how did you know? (laughs) See, I, I just, I'm here today to tell you that there is more. And this is how you buy oil. This is how you buy oil. See, now let me, I want to make sure you understand I'm not being heretical right now. Salvation is free. Not because it doesn't carry a cost, but because Jesus Christ paid the the cost in full. So you cannot earn salvation. You simply receive it. It's the gift of salvation. But see, what happens oftentimes in hyper-grace environments is that we, we just take a pocket knife to Scripture and conveniently cut out any word that would seem to contradict that message. And so I need to make sure you all understand that salvation is free, but oil will cost you. Salvation is free. I mean, right now, in, in a few moments, I believe there's many people here 
that are having an, an acknowledgement and awareness that they are not Christians, that they're not saved. Maybe you just said the sinner's prayer one time and you didn't even know what you were doing and it wasn't even real to you. I believe in a few moments we're going to watch people get saved, which is the greatest miracle that could happen in this room. I watch grown men from the bottom all the way to the top of the balcony waving their hands to me saying, I want to be saved this morning. And I believe there's more here tonight. And that's free. You can't earn it. That's why tonight's part two of what I preached this morning. But see, oil will cost you. And how much oil you have is dependent on how much oil you buy. I'm not talking about with money. I'm talking about with diligence with faithfulness, with tenacity, with pushing and pressing in. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. It's just about awakening that warrior on the inside of you and saying, I'm going to pray. Business people need to begin to pray. Come on, entrepreneurs, pray like never before that God gives you the blueprints to architect businesses that shift and change this atmosphere. Oh, we don't need to go into cannabis business because Christ can release something from the storehouse of heaven and generational wealth can be birthed out from the blueprints of entrepreneurship. We need artists that begin. Come on, I was just recently in a movie. I'm making a movie that's going to actually be across all the theaters in America at the end of October called the Domino Revival. And I went all the way to Hollywood and talked to people who are not Christians, but money talks. And they said, oh, these Christian movies are making a lot of money. I said, yes, let's make another one. Don't you love it when you can get the devil working for you? Some unusual things are happening right now and you get to be a part of it, but all you have to do is say yes to Jesus and then you've got to take it another step and say yes to buying some oil. This is what I mean by this. We're coming to a close. Are you still with me? Revelation chapter three, verse 17 through 19 says, because you say I am rich and have increased with just physical goods, and have need of nothing, knowing that you're, you're not, you don't even know that you're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, and you're blind and naked. I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich with white raiment. And it says that you would be clothed for the shame of your nakedness, that it wouldn't appear. And it says in verse 19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, be very zealous, therefore, and repent. And what I think is so interesting about this is that the riches and the wealth of God increase, but add no sorrow. But then there's another kind where people go and they build their own life. Oh, I finally have the house of my dreams. I finally have the car of my dreams. Oh, look what we have. And they go on this journey of building. And what happens in Revelation chapter three is it says, there are people that have increased in goods but they don't even know that they're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And see, the prescription that's given to them, think about what I'm about to say. The book of Revelation lays it out so clear. It says, I counsel you, buy of me gold tried in fire. You see that language again, buy of me gold. So when we started in the book of Matthew, it says what? It says, Bring more oil to make it through the darkest night because there are going to be some unwise, foolish virgins that don't make it through the night because they didn't bring enough oil. 
And then in the book of Revelation, it says again, I counsel you, buy of me gold tried in the fire. Would you stand in your feet with me? Come on, I feel the anointing in this place right now. Live a life of spirit-filled expectation. Have you bought your oil? Or are we going to journey as a church, the global bride of Christ, through a night that's going to get increasingly darker and find that some of us in this room never bought oil to make it through? And you can't buy my oil. You have to buy your own. Some of you are like, I don't understand, Pastor Mike. I used to love watching you and Isaiah Saldivar, and I love watching Pagani, and I love, I, I love watching Vlad, and I used to love, there's just something, I feel like I've grown cold. No, God brought you to the point of maturity now, and he's saying, I'm graduating you. It's time to learn how to buy your own oil. Some of you think, God, is there something wrong with me? And he's like, no, I've actually brought you to the point where there's so much right that it's time to buy oil and go into the next season. The things that used to do, the things that used to be enough, they're not enough anymore. So what we're going to do right now is in, in the next few moments, I'm going to ask which one of you want to surrender your life completely to Christ? 100%. Can I just say this? 99% submission is 100% disobedience. He doesn't want most of you. And then parts of you can, can retreat back into pornography, retreat back into THC, nicotine, can retreat back into addiction, can retreat back into a religious spirit. He doesn't want parts of you. He demands all of you. When Jesus was calling disciples, there was no such thing as a part-time disciple. It was throw down your nets and come follow me. It was give me everything. And you need to be able to discern right now, am I willing, am I able, am I ready to give all? And you could have given all in another season, which is why you have to re-up on that. You have to re-up on it. Jesus was checking with the disciples. Do you love me, Peter? Oh, I love you. See, there was intervals where Jesus checked in, and I believe that Jesus Christ is checking in with you again, saying, do you love me? Oh, I feel something stirring. I want to do something. We've got this room filled from front to back right now. Before I ask you to say repentance, aren't words so much easier than actions, by the way? Before I ask you to say it with words, I believe there's some people here, and I, I said this earlier, but I'm going to teach you how to buy oil. You can't receive the true comforter until you give up counterfeit comfort. So what I want you to do right now, if the Lord's been convicting you, if you want to receive the real thing, get rid of the counterfeit. All over this place to front to back, there may only be one person. I'm talking to young people. I'm talking to older folks. I'm talking to people who struggle. If you're in this room and you have anything on you, I'm talking vapes, cigarettes, e-cigarettes. I'm talking about dip. This is a room free of judgment because everybody here wants to see you get free. I want you to just run up right now and bring it to me on this stage right now. Come out of the audience. I dare you to do it. I dare you to do it. Bring it up right now. Come on, throw it on that stage, girl. Come on, bring them up. Drugs, alcohol, whatever you've got in your purse, paraphernalia, bring it up. Let's get rid of some counterfeit comforts. Come on, there's more. 
I'm gonna take 30 seconds more. Come on, come on, girl. Hallelujah. Come on, there's more. Who's gonna be brave? Who's gonna be brave? Yes, come, 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 come. Yeah, come on, come on, son. Come on, is there anybody else? We got a few more moments. <laughs> Come on. Come on. That's it. That's it. Wow. Yes, praise God. Wow. Come on, is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? There ain't no high like the most high. Let every knee bow. Let every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. <laughs> Look at this. I'm here to declare Gen Z will be suicide free. Gen Z will be suicide free. <laughs> Look at this. We got some spoils of war up on stage, don't we? But let me just tell you, I want to show you one last thing, and then we're about to pray because there's going to be an impartation. Come on, it's okay to repent. We just have a spontaneous repentance that's happening right now. That's okay. Praise God, these young people are getting free. This is a vape. Let me tell you what this represents. You don't hit this one time, you hit it over and over again. There's being filled with the smoke from this vape, but then there's being filled with more. And see, what happens is when I say things like, when I say things like, I thank God that I speak in tongues more. Anybody who's ever been addicted understands the concept of more. Isn't it funny that the Bible says, pray without ceasing? And isn't it funny that all the counterfeits from the devil try to get you to never stop? See, oh, somebody's getting a revelation. Somebody's getting a revelation. So these young people who are here on their faces before the Lord, what they're saying is, all you needed to do was tell me what the real thing is. All you had to do was tell me what the real thing is. See, this is what happens when you lift Jesus Christ up. They're just waiting for you to get so intoxicated with the Holy Spirit that you tell them the truth of the gospel. Okay, let's do this right now. I know some, there are, some are already up here. You don't have to come up because I know it's a full room. But from the front to the back, if you want to accept Christ, 100% surrender. Just lift your hand. Is there anybody here? 100% surrender. Come on. Who else? Who else? Yeah, come on. Praise God. Wow, something's really stirring in their hearts. I want to serve notice on every demon that can hear me under the sound of my voice. This is the last night that you will torment them. This is the last night that you will operate in their life. This is the last night that you will cause anxiety and depression and fear in their life. 
You lost your hold over them. They do not belong to you. They belong to Jesus. Here's what I want to do, church. If you're seeing all this and you're saying something's stirring in me, I need to get back. I need to come back to my first love. I believe that the Lord's put an oil on me to, to actually turn people back to their first love. If you, if you feel like, Mike, it's been a while. I feel like I've gotten away from my first love. I want to drive you to this place right now where you just come back to your first love. Some of you are just going to start weeping because you're going to feel the touch of the Holy Spirit saying, welcome back. Welcome back. I never left you, but you walked away from me and now you're walking back. Some of you in this place are gonna feel the embrace of the Holy Spirit upon you. Some of you have prophetic gifting that's gonna be activated in this place. Some of you have get dreams inside of you that are suddenly gonna become real again. Would you just lift your hands towards heaven across this entire place right now? For those that have prayed to accept Christ and we have an entire altar full of people, we got people all the way in the back. Can we say this together as a family? Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the cross where my sins were forgiven. Wash me with your blood. Renew a right spirit within me. Renew my mind. Every stronghold down now in Jesus' name. Say, I break every chain of darkness over my life right now all addiction all anxiety all depression all fear broken now in the name of Jesus and now say this say heavenly father I belong to you revive my heart fill me with more all over this place right now all over this place right now I just want to give you permission to take 20 seconds if you have a heavenly language, just begin to speak in tongues. It's okay. Some of you right now who've been desiring the gift of tongues, just receive it now. I know that you've been doing a series on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Just receive it now in the name of Jesus. Come on, give me 20 more seconds. Father, I release a fresh wind of your spirit to begin to blow through their life, to begin to move right now through this place. Father, I thank you for a fresh fire right now to begin to fall upon every single life right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that we are going to buy oil. Come on, press in. Come on, give me 45 more seconds. We're learning how to buy oil right now. Press in. Come on, don't make me do it for you. I want to see who wants to buy some oil with me tonight. Who wants to buy some oil? Some of you have heard other people pray, but you haven't heard your own voice pray in a long time. Buy some oil right now. Who are the wise virgins who are gonna buy some oil and make it through a dark night right now? Come on, dig in a little bit deeper right now. Between you and the Lord, whatever you have to say, just begin to say it. Wow, there's a spirit of expectation. I feel it rising in this place. Some of you feel an expectation. Some of you feel an excitement that you haven't felt in a long time. Come on, that's depression and chaos being broken off of your mind right now in the name of Jesus. <laughs> this is that familiar atmosphere of the anointing. You know this place. 
Get ready to make a prayer room in your living room. Come on, I saw in the spirit somebody making a prayer room in their living room, in their kitchen, on the job, in their car. Is there a people of prayer in this house rising right now? Come on, is there a people of prayer rising in this house tonight? Come on, let's just take 20 seconds and celebrate now what God has done all over this place. Come on, shout out to God. Let's celebrate the devil is defeated. Sin, hell, death, and the grave is defeated. And Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.